Welcome to the GovComs podcast, bringing you the latest insights and innovations from experts and thought leaders around the globe in government communication. Now, here is your host, David Pembroke. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to GovComs, the podcast that examines the practice of content communication in government and the public sector. My name's David Pembroke, and thank you very much for joining me again this week. Today, another monologue, and this time we will look at the research projects that Content Group is undertaking in the space of content communication in government and the public sector in order to build capability in government to improve the communication of policies, programs, services, and regulations. So two research projects that we have. One is with the Australian National University, and the second research project is with the University of Canberra. And I'll just go through both of those just to give you a bit of an understanding of what they are, what we're hoping to achieve, when the outputs will be available to you, the audience, uh, to hopefully build capability in your organisations so that you can implement a strategic and measurable and accountable approach to the way that you go around your storytelling. But the first project was is with the Australian National University, and that's co-funded by the Australian government through the National Innovation Science Agenda. And so as Content Group, we've been around for you know, a number of years now, and we had developed our own methodology in the way that we went about our content marketing, which is now what we call refer to as uh, content communication in, in the government and public sector context. But we'd worked out a particular way of going about our business. But what we didn't have was an evidence-based. What we didn't have was proof that what we were putting together was indeed best practice. And so we spoke to the Australian National University and said, look, if we can get funding, would your project management academics be able to work with us to be able to put the rigour around that methodology? And and indeed, they, we were fortunate enough to get the funding, which is sort of 50-50 funding. We have to pay for half of it, and the federal government pays the other half. And we've worked with the researchers to, in fact, develop that uh, evidence-based model now. And later in the podcast, I'll take you through the steps of just exactly what that looks like. But essentially what it is, is strategic communication meets project management, uh, strict governance, and then the ability to create and distribute content, plus the addition of measurement and evaluation into a single approach that enables you to think about, well, how are we going to tell this story about this particular policy, program, service, or indeed regulation? Now, the second uh, research project is working off that particular methodology. Uh, We're in conversation with the University of Canberra's Institute of Governance and Policy Analysis. And one of the uh, lead academics out there, uh, actually the leader of the school, uh, Professor Mark Evans, He looked at our particular methodology and he said, look, this is great for communication people, but it's the policy people who could really deal um, with looking at implementing this particular methodology as they go about the practice of developing policy. So what that particular research project has been about is to apply the methodology in the policy creation context. And what Mark and his team have been able to do at the uh, University of Canberra is to develop 
uh, a graduate certificate program, which is going to be offered in the new year, which is directed specifically at the needs of policymakers. So indeed, they are able to develop better policy and to use the content communication framework in order to achieve better policy outcomes. And it comes at an interesting time, particularly here in Australia, but I think the the flavour of change in public administration um, around the world is pretty much the same. And certainly the 2017 IPA conference here in Canberra, which is called Thinking Differently, Building Trust, really suggested that there was a big mood for change here um, in the Australian public service, that things have to be done differently. And at the heart of that is that engagement between government and citizens. And interestingly, the Institute's of Governance Policy and Analysis Power of Us survey demonstrates compelling evidence that there is this increasing disconnect between government and the citizen. And over a decade of this particular survey, it had shown that trust in government had fallen from 85.5% in 2007 all the way down to 42% in 2017. And that's perfectly uh, consistent with the 2017 Edelman Trust Barometer that reports that government uh, that trust in government has further declined around the world and that government is now trusted in 75% of companies, uh, countries. But what is peculiar about Australia is that, that it's um, occurred at the time of 25 years of economic growth. So at, at a point where you think government has been delivering in terms of jobs, in terms of prosperity, that trust in government is falling. And certainly what we do believe um, is that where content communication can deliver for government and public sector organisations is to enable them to tell better stories so people can understand the decisions that government has taken. I often say that it is the role of the um, politicians and the elected members of, of parliament and the political parties to advocate for their position but I do believe that it is the role of the public sector to explain. And so the difference between advocacy and explanation, and that's where the methodology rests. So it's been a, a great um, project so far, and the Australian National University Project uh, will be wrapping up towards the end of 2018, um, where we have the, the first version uh, which is now being tested with our, our group of governments from around the world at a state level, at a municipal level and at a federal level uh, from around the world, which is was quite exciting to get lots of people um, involved in the project because, interestingly, some research from uh, WPP, the government and public sector uh, part of WPP, sort of showed that the characteristics of... Um, or the weaknesses in government communication are pretty well standard around the world. The fact that most government communication is one way, that most government communication doesn't consider the citizen, um, that most uh, there is that the lack that the lack of trust that we've already spoken about, and indeed that there is in government organisations a lack of capability to be able to take advantage of the gift of technology to be able to create 
and curate and distribute useful, relevant and consistent content in order to better explain the policies, programs, services and regulations to citizens and stakeholders. So we know that it's a global problem. We know the characteristics are the same. And that is indeed exactly what the problem is, is that we're trying to solve. So the ANU Research 2018, it'll wrap up towards the end of this year, and then we'll be in a position to release it early in the new year. The plans at this stage is to open uh, access to government and public sector organisations to be able to use um, the methodology and the frameworks that have been developed in the various guides and supporting guides and, and tools and templates um, under a Creative Commons licensing. So that's something that we're looking at doing uh, early in 2018. And the research project with the University of Canberra, the hope is that that graduate certificate program will be offered early in 2018. And it's essentially designed and marketed or going to be directed particularly to policymakers so as that they can understand the benefit of content communication and in a couple of ways, actually. One, is really to look at it from how do we use content to uh, stimulate better debate and discussion to get better inputs so that we can create better policy at the point of discussing what the problem is and how we're going to go about solving it. But at the same time, as we prepare those particular policy solutions, thinking about how are we going to communicate this? Who needs to know? How do they prefer to be communicated with? In what form? At what time? And indeed, how can we measure and evaluate the impact that we're having with our communication so that we will know whether or not the message is getting through? So there, that's a bit of a, a sort of brief wrap-up of, of where we are with those uh, both of those particular research projects. But just to go through the outline of the content communication uh, framework and the, the five-step model that we have in place. Um, it starts with initiation, which is obviously um, the best place to start, where you clearly scope out the need for the content communication program, asking yourself that very simple question of why is it? Why are we going about um, having to communicate? So we look to scope at this point to understand what the problem uh, is, uh, the, the, the project or the policy objectives, the regulatory objectives, and to start to think about the, the target audience at this point in time so that we can understand who is it that we need to influence in order to affect their behaviour such that we can achieve these particular objectives. So key questions, things like why, um, who do we need to communicate with, what, what's the context and, and what are the priorities of government? Because I think we do have to accept that in government, we are communicating on behalf of generally elected governments and they have priorities. So it's not just about the audience. It's not just about the citizen. So we have to accept that we work for government and therefore what are their priorities and what is the story that they are seeking to tell? And we have to understand context because as we all know, working in government and public sector, Things can change quickly. So we have to build that in right up front. And to understand right at this beginning point, what does success look like and what are the risks and what are the opportunities? So that's that initiation phase. And there's obviously quite a bit more detail underneath these phases um, and quite a few more tools that help you to get these insights out. 
But once you have that initiation, you've built your business case and you're right to go and you've got approval to start, you've then got to start to plan out what the program looks like. And so planning the content communication is really about ensuring, first of all, that you've got the right mix of people and skills involved throughout the design and development and implementation of the program. And what I'm talking about here is that content communication is really a team sport. So it's not just the communication people, as we've discussed. It's the policy people. Who owns that program? So we've got to make sure that they're vitally involved. But then there's the people who run ICT and the platforms. And then there's the data people and the behavioural scientists who can help us with that work around the audience. So how do we get everybody who needs to be involved in the program involved at the earliest possible opportunity. And then we can start to look at the resourcing, um, the storytelling, those audiences and stakeholders, and what particular channels are we going to use to be able to reach those people. So some of the key questions at, at this particular point in the planning stage, it's not just about the audience, that immediate group that we're seeking to influence, but who are the stakeholders? So who are the wider group of people who not only um, who have an interest in this particular program, they may not be the people that we're looking to um, communicate to directly, but they may have an influence on those people. They may have a stake in the program. So we have to understand who are those stakeholders and what sort of influence can they have over our particular program making sure that we settle who is going to be on the team and understanding that it is a team sport. We do need as many people involved um, as possible. And also around the governance side of things is how are we going to run the program? Who is going to be responsible for what? What sort of resources involved and what sort of timings are involved so we can understand as we build our plan? So once we go through our plan, we then get into the stage of sourcing and developing content. So that's the, we, we've got the insights from stages one and two, initiate and plan. So what are those stories that we're going to tell? And are we going to use video? Is it audio? Is it stills? Is it text? Is it graphics? Are we going to use uh, offline channels? Are we going to use online channels? Um, you know, much of government communication still takes place face to face. How do we make the best use of that in terms of our content? Social's very important. But again, you know, it's not the it's not just about digital communication. How can we create experiences so people can know and understand better about the objectives that we're seeking to achieve? So understanding just exactly what those preferences are, what those needs are, and to be able to make some choices about you know the the channels and the content formats that you're going to to uh, take place um, or that you're going to use, but also from a measurement and evaluation point of view. If you go back to the objective and those goals that you've set yourself that support the objectives, looking at those goals, how are you going to measure whether or not your content communication program is being successful? We like the AMEC framework that the UK government has adapted, and that's the understanding of outputs, outtakes, and outcomes. So I'll just refer you on to the AMEC framework. Uh, I think it's amec.org and just have a look at what they're doing. That's the framework that we like to use to measure our content communication. So if you want to go and have a look at that, that'll show you or give you a bit of an understanding of how we've embedded measurement and evaluation because it's so vitally important as we look to spend uh, 
the public's money, we have to be accountable for what we do. We have to be able to demonstrate what is happening. Uh, if it's working, that's great. If it's not working, what are we going to do to change it? So really important. And again, we do work in government, so guidelines are important. Style guides are important. Um, approvals for content. All of these things need to be considered at that point of sourcing and developing content. It's then that point in time when we've made those decisions that we jump into the fourth stage, which is that publishing, monitoring, and evaluation. So we've put together our editorial calendar. Uh, we've understood the objectives. We've understood the audience and the stakeholders. We've understood the story that we're seeking to tell. We've made our best judgments that we possibly could as a result of our research as to what that audience is looking for, uh, and their preferences and timings and whether it's online or offline and how often and how or how uh, irregular we may uh, communicate uh, with that audience in order to achieve our objective. So that then moves into that fourth stage. And then finally, the evaluation really kicks in here is where you're starting to look at what is the impact, what are those outputs, what are the outtakes and what are the outcomes. Obviously, outcomes take a lot longer to, to, to put together in, in a lot of government communication because often we are focused on behavioural change and that takes time, as many of you will know. But really setting in place a framework to be able to get those insights, to be able to give you a sense as to whether or not the story that you're telling is hitting the mark, whether those choices that you've made around the channels, around the content formats um, that you've used from the insights of your research are in fact making the impact that you're hoping that they are. Final, uh, the final step is number five, which is all about archive removal and recycle. What we don't want to do is just continue to publish. And I think this is something that we often happens in government and the public sector is that we just keep putting more stuff up, more stuff up, more stuff up without really evaluating whether or not that stuff still needs to be up there, whether it can be retired, whether it can be removed to moved to a different place, whether it can be archived. So we really want to put that step in there. So so that we're just not adding to the problem and burying the critical and relevant information even further away. So effectively, it's a circular process. So what happens then is once we've evaluated, we may make some changes, but then we start again. We go back through those early stages, going back and revising and informing our awareness and understanding that we've got through our publishing process, but we keep going. And this is why I think this is so powerful for government and public sector organisations, because the relationships we're building, the trust that we're building, the trust that content can build over time, you know, we continuously, we continuously listen through our process, but we build those relationships over time and we respect the audience and we continue to give them that useful, relevant information. Now, if you want to jump onto contentgroup.com.au, you'll see a little bit more detail around those particular steps and the steps that we take to actually build these particular programs. The other thing that we're finding is... Um, very popular with people at the moment is not only the implementation of the methodology, which we do through our um, uh, consulting practice that we have here at, at, at Content Group, but it's the capability building elements. And going back to that WPP research, it called out capability as a big challenge. So one of the things that we're very focused on is that this is a core 
competency and a core skill that government departments and public sector organisations have to get on top of. It is not an outsourced service. It is a capability that needs to be built in an organisation so that organisation can respond quickly and appropriately and effectively to the needs of their particular audiences. And you don't want to have to be jumping on the phone, uh, calling up an agency to come and solve a problem for you. You want to build that muscle in your organization so you can go exactly um, to uh, solve that particular problem. So that's sort of a bit of an outline of exactly where we're going with those things. And as I say, we will publish more information around that. So go to www.contentgroup.com.au, sign up to our newsletters and other things, and we will certainly keep you informed. But it's been a, a team effort. As much as content communication is a team effort for people who are um, uh, contributing to those particular programs, but in Australia, we've had fantastic buy-in from the federal government across a number of uh, uh, major federal government agencies, Department of Human Services, the Department of Social Security, Department of Industry, Innovation and Science. The Australian Tax Office is now involved in in the project. Uh, The New South Wales government has been very helpful. Um, The City of Sydney, uh, the City of Burundara in Melbourne as well. Uh, A couple of uh, cities from overseas, the City of Vienna in Austria, Um, has been uh, participating as well. Uh, The UK government has been involved in giving us some feedback as well. So again, going back to that insight that the problem we're trying to solve is a global problem, I'm really grateful um, and thankful that we've had so many people helping us along the way as we seek to build this open source piece of um, software. Uh, and uh, a methodology that people can use because that's the other thing that we're looking to do as well is to translate it into some software. So because what we're finding in a couple of our larger projects is that once people get it, get the hang of it, once people start sort of implementing the, pro, the, the, uh, the methodology and they embed it into the way that they communicate, all of a sudden it grows and all of it, you know, you can have hundreds in some cases, uh, programs running across departments. And so that quickly gets out of the realm of managing it via spreadsheets and emails. And obviously, approvals are very important in uh, government and public sector. So we're working with uh, our friends at Divi HQ in the United States to adapt their content marketing platform, which is a fantastic platform, uh, to be able to look at how can we deliver content communication to um, public sector audiences and government audiences around the world. So that's in terms of that software piece, but it's very much around getting out there um, and getting it open and getting it used as quickly as we possibly can. So we're going through those particular steps as well. So that's a bit of a, a, a summary and a rundown as to where we are. As I say, the capability piece, building out that education and training component so we can get people to use it. Now that the research is coming to an end, uh, we've certainly got lots of people in our consulting business who, who are using it now. We've got a couple of really big clients here in Australia who are seeing the benefits of embedding content communication as a consistent way to communicate across the department, to stop the way, you know, the, the different ideas and the different models that might be there, that it's a standard formalized framework that can really help people step through the process to build those really effective content communication programs in support 
of policy objectives, program objectives, service and regulatory objectives. So there you go. If you want to know any more about that, please jump on to www.contentgroup.com.au, sign up for the newsletter. As I say, we'll update regularly as we come to the end of these research projects. And uh, thanks again to you for coming along uh, this week to listen in. And I hope you found that of interest to you because it's pretty exciting times here at Content Group as we come towards the next stage of our research. Because the other thing is, obviously, we will continue to research uh, around about this space. We're going to look at the role of audio. We're going to look at the role, obviously, of artificial intelligence and how that's affecting government communication and really start to um, look at those insights so that we can continue to build effective communication programs. And again, if you're interested in any of that, drop us a line at info at contentgroup.com.au or indeed drop me a line at david.pembroke at contentgroup.com.au. So anyway, for the moment, thank you very much for coming along again this week and I will be back at the same time next week. But for the moment, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the GovComs podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and subscribe to stay up to date with our latest episodes.